The 1980s were definitely not known for the acoustic guitar. Or were they? See, I always thought that the acoustic guitar died during the 80s. However, it seems as though it actually thrived. And I'm gonna show you proof today with my list of the 10 best acoustic guitar records ever to be released during the 1980s. Buckle up because I think you're gonna be blown away. Hey TAC family, welcome to episode 241 of the Acoustic Tuesday Show. This show is designed to inject your guitar journey with a weekly dose of fun, focus, progress, and inspiration. On today's show, you're gonna be meeting TAC family member Johnny. Now, Johnny started playing guitar way back in high school and then he stopped. Now, many years later, he started again. Now, this may sound familiar to you. In fact, this is a story that I've heard time and time again. Well, Johnny's gonna share with you two secrets. The first one's gonna help you with your guitar routine, and the second one is gonna help you eke out the most fun you possibly can out of your guitar journey. Plus, you're gonna see which guitar lick the TAC family is working on today. It's an awesome bluegrass lick in the key of G. And of course, your weekly dose of acoustic news awaits, which includes a pro hockey player playing guitar on the bench during the playoffs, two musical friends of mine trying to settle an age-old debate, and much, much more. But first, I want to share with you the 10 best acoustic guitar records ever to be released, and it just so happens that they were released during the 1980s. Yes, indeed, we're gonna be doing this in a true countdown fashion. We're gonna be counting down to what I think is the best acoustic album to be released during the 80s. And actually, what I think is the best acoustic album ever to be recorded, period, in any era. But first, we have to start in the number 10 spot. Coming in at number 10 is Jerry Douglas's album, Under the Wire, released in 1986. This album is truly magnificent. Jerry Douglas is a fantastic, world-renowned dobro player, and this album is a great indicator of why. Let's go ahead and listen to a track off of this album entitled, Time Gone By. The number nine spot is held by Leo Kotke's album, Guitar Music. Released in 1981, this has everything you want from Leo Kotke. It's got the 12 string, it's got the finger style, it even has some fantastic covers on the B side. Now let's go ahead and listen to a track off of this album entitled, Side One Sweet, My Double. I could have picked four different albums for the number eight spot. However, I had to pick one. And it's funny because all the albums are titled virtually the same. Coming in at number eight is the Bluegrass Album Band, Volume One. Now, side note, if you wanna get into bluegrass and you're not sure where to start, this is a great starting point. In fact, I would recommend getting Bluegrass Album Band, Volume One through Volume Four. But Volume One, ekes out all the other ones by just a hair. This album is incredible. The lineup is amazing, and they cover classic bluegrass songs, traditional bluegrass songs with some of the heaviest hitters 
out there. Yes, this album has Tony Rice. It's got Jerry Douglas. It's got a whole other cast of characters. I wish I wrote them down, but I didn't. But needless to say, this is an album you need to have in your collection. Volume 1 was released in 1981, and I believe every single volume was released during the 80s, making this a quartet of amazing albums. But let's focus on Volume 1. We're going to listen to a track off of it, the classic bluegrass song, the classic bluegrass tale, Molly and Tenbrooks. I've actually got quite a few classic bluegrass albums on this list, and number seven is no exception. Coming in at number seven is the album Skaggs and Rice. Yes, Ricky Skaggs and Tony Rice playing songs in a duo format. This album is beautiful. The recording quality is amazing. Ricky Skaggs' mandolin sounds just beautiful. Tony Rice's guitar sounds mind-blowingly amazing. And the two of them, their voices, this they're in prime form. They're in prime form. The harmonies, the lead vocals, it's just, it's an all-around sonic bath of beauty. A sonic bath of bluegrass beauty. And I just love the duo format. It's intimate. It's just it's, it's elegant, it's delicate. I, I, got, I have no other words to describe it. This is one of my favorite albums of all time. It was released in 1980. Yes, 1980, just on the cusp of the 80s. And the song we're gonna listen to off of this album is entitled Bury Me Beneath the Willow. Oh, bury me beneath the willow Under the weeping willow tree so she will know where I am sleeping and perhaps she'll weep for me. Coming in at number six is a bluegrass supergroup. A bluegrass supergroup that, to the best of my knowledge, only put out a single album. What's the band? Strength in Numbers. What's the album? The Telluride Sessions, released in 1989. This band is composed of some absolute greats. Sam Bush, Bela Fleck, Jerry Douglas, Mark O'Connor. Yeah, it's a heavy lineup. Now, I believe these folks made up the house band at the Telluride Bluegrass Festival. And they thought to themselves, you know what? We're all awesome. We may as well record an album. Uh, that is uh, of the quote-unquote newgrass genre. I don't know if that's exactly what they thought, but I suspect that, well, that was running through their minds as they recorded this album, as they put together this super band. Let's go ahead and listen to a track off of this album. It was released in 1989. Not sure I said that already. The title of the song is Locks of Dread. Let's check it out. We're gonna go ahead and stray from the bluegrass realm for the number five spot, but not too far, because a member from the last band actually appears on this record. Coming in at number five is the album Bookaroo by Roy Bookbinder. If you like blues, if you like ragtime, if you like fantastic, thumpy, beautiful fingerstyle guitar, this album is for you. And who guest stars on this album? 
I believe, none other than Jerry Douglas, a member of the last band, a member of the Bluegrass album band. And also, we featured him already on this countdown. Yeah, Jerry Douglas is kind of, well, all over this countdown. But that's not the point. The point is the number five spot. And again, that's held by Roy Bookbinder and his album, Bookaroo. Let's go ahead and listen to an album, or listen to a song off of this album. This was released in 1988, and the song we're gonna listen to is Gin Done Done It. Let's check it out. Along come Jerry, said my good friend, you know I whooped him bad until it was a sin. I said, Gin Done Done It. Whoa, doggone it, the gin made a fool out of me. Gin made a fool out of me. The artist responsible for the album coming in at number four is a trailblazer when it comes to modern percussive fingerstyle guitar. Coming in at number four is the album The Road Less Traveled by Preston Reed. If you have not heard Preston Reed, now's your chance. If you have not heard this album, you need to. Bottom line, you need to hear Preston Reed and you need to hear this particular album. It was this album that got me into modern percussive fingerstyle guitar. Yes, this album, it was handed to me by my old boss at the Old Town School of Folk Music, Ted Parrish. He said, you've gotta check this out. To which I said, okay. And then I did it and I was like, whoa, what is making the sounds that are coming out of my speakers? Upon further review, it's a single guy with a single acoustic guitar and his name was Preston Reed. Okay, this album was released in 1987 and let's listen to a song off of it entitled Straight to the Top. Here comes Tony Rice yet again. Coming in at number three is Tony Rice's album, Cold on the Shoulder, released in 1984. I think that the 80s were the absolute pinnacle for Tony Rice. His voice was in amazing shape. His guitar playing had all the punch, all the mojo, all the grit you could ever ask from a bluegrass guitar player. And proof of that is this album. Now, if this album isn't enough proof for you, you can go back to the Skaggs and Rice album. And if that album isn't enough proof for you, you can go back to the Bluegrass album band uh, because he's on all of those albums. And of course, they are all contained in the era of the 1980s. But Cold on the Shoulder is a definitive Tony Rice album. So let's go ahead and listen to the title track, Cold on the Shoulder. All you need is time. All you need is time, time, time to make it bend. Give it a try, don't be rude. Put it to the test and I'll give it right back to you. Coming in at number two is a groundbreaking album. Coming in at number two is an album that, in my opinion, put modern fingerstyle guitar on the map. Coming in at number two is Michael Hedge's album, Aerial Boundaries, released in 1984. To a lot of us, this is the epicenter of modern fingerstyle guitar. This guitar, plain and simple, needs to be in your record collection because it features the most gorgeous compositions that cut straight to your core without words. This is an album that, yes, everybody must own, period. It's one of those albums that sits on the historical timeline of acoustic guitar, and for good reason. It's downright 
amazing. I cannot say enough good things about this album. So let me go ahead and stop talking and let you listen to a track off of it. And we're gonna go ahead and listen to the title track, Aerial Boundaries. Here we find ourselves at the number one spot. And coming in at number one, wait, do you hear that? What's, what's that noise off in the distance? Oh, it's Tony Rice. Here he comes yet again. Coming in at number one is Tony Rice's album, Church Street Blues. Released in 1983, what I think is the best year ever, to be quite honest. Uh, this album is... It's good for so many reasons. It is my personal Desert Island album. It is what I think is the best acoustic guitar album ever to be recorded. Um, the guitar tone in this album, the guitar tone that was captured when recording this album is, is beyond comprehension. It is woody, it's warm, it's, it's, it cuts, it's got punch, it has all of the things. And... This album is truly intimate. It's Tony Rice sitting down and playing songs. It is a fantastic example, a textbook example of what you would want from a solo acoustic guitar player singing songs. The instrumental breaks are beautiful. They're sparse, but fitting to the song. Tony's voice sounds amazing. Again, as I mentioned before, I think the 80s were, were the golden era for Tony Rice, his voice, and his guitar playing. And this album sits right at the top of the mountain, in my opinion. It is the, the Mount, uh, what's that famous mountain? The Himalaya, Himalaya mountain? The uh, uh, Mount Everest. To me, this is the Mount Everest of acoustic guitar albums, and I want you to hear it. And the song that I want to feature is not the one you think I'm going to feature, because I've featured Church Street Blues, the song on this album, many, many times before, which was Factoid, written by Norman Blake. Uh, Tony Rice just kind of, I think, put his polish on it and made it very famous. The song I'm going to actually feature on this album is one that means a lot to me. It's the song The Last Thing on My Mind. Originally originally written by Tom Paxton and Tony Rice again puts his polish on it and makes it one of the best songs ever to be recorded. Here it is. Are you going away with no word of farewell? Will there be not a trace left behind? I could have loved you better, didn't mean to be unkind. You know that was the last thing on my mind. All right, I can see you right now. I can see you banging on the table, banging on your computer desk, saying, Tone, I can't believe you missed fill-in-the-blank album from the 80s. This is one of the best acoustic albums ever. Well, now's your chance to let me know. Let's go ahead and build this list. In the comments below, let's build a list of the best acoustic albums from the 1980s. Go ahead and let me know your favorite 80s acoustic album in the comments below. 
why don't you go ahead and grab your guitar because now it's time to see what the TAC family is working on. See, every day within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, we focus on one of the five essential categories of guitar improvement. On Mondays, we do a technique challenge. Tuesdays is a guitar lick challenge. Wednesdays, an improvisation challenge. Thursdays, a rhythm guitar challenge. And Fridays, a chord transition challenge. Today is Tuesday. The TAC family is working on a guitar lick and here is what they're working on. It's a very uh, hockey infused guitar lick. You'll see what I mean. Slapshot is the name of your guitar lick challenge for today. And this week within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, we're celebrating the movie Slapshot, one of the greatest movies of all time. And I like to think that this guitar lick is one of the greatest guitar licks of all time. This is a fantastic bluegrass guitar lick in the key of G, and it's a great way to work from the middle of the neck back down towards the headstock so you can play that nice, fat, open G chord. Let me go ahead and play it for you, and then I'll show you a couple of different ways you can integrate this into your playing. Okay, here's how it sounds. Now, not only does this lick work uh, fantastically well, moving you from the middle of the neck down towards the headstock, it actually shows you how to integrate open strings as you move down to create this wonderful, almost floaty sound, this very wonderfully uh, sustained sound throughout the entire lick. We'll get to the details here in a moment, but first, TAC fam, go ahead and log in. This is your daily challenge today. Click Start Challenge and move to the teaching video. I'll teach it to you note for note, and then once you get comfortable with it, move to the play along video. Pick a speed that's comfortable for you, and don't forget to pull up that tab by clicking the right hand, by clicking the icon in the right hand corner, the lower right hand corner. Okay, so what's the point of this lick? How can you use it? Well, on a greater scale, as I mentioned, it shows that you can actually integrate open notes to a descending pattern, even if it starts way up in the middle of the, of the neck, right? So we're going. Using open strings. Not only does that offer wonderful tonal flavor, it gives us, it gives our fretting hand, it actually relieves the pressure on our fretting hand because we're not fretting every single note. We get a little bit of a break, which is which is just awesome. Um, so as the lick is written, it's a great way to end a song, especially if you cap it off with a G chord. Much like I played before, it sounds like this. want to really drag out the ending, you can throw in a G run there and do something fancy. That would sound something like this. You could really do anything after this lick if you want to drag out the ending. You could do it for quite a while if you wanted to. One of my favorite things to do. Anyways, another great application for this is to use it as the end of a solo. It's a wonderful way to start in an open position, start your bluegrass solo, move up the neck, and instead of stopping here and then going all the way back down, which is a little bit jarring and sounds a little bit clunky, you can actually use it as a wonderful way to work back to that open position. Uh, let me go ahead and play a little something here. I'm gonna start out uh, playing a quote unquote solo. I'll just be kind of riffing over uh, the key of G. I'll move my way up the neck and then use this lick to bring myself back down. Here's how that would sound.
there, I used it kind of as an ending, but you could see that if you wanted to play rhythm, you could very much go back into that open G chord and, and drive home that rhythm uh, and continue playing and supporting your, your fellow bluegrass guitar players or fellow bluegrass musicians. Really, uh, it's a fantastic lick. Um, I say fantastic a lot, but I think this is the definition of fantastic because it has a bunch of different applications and it incorporates uh, that open string technique as well. Okay, uh, now before we get back to the show, there's one important thing that I just wanna briefly discuss, and that is bringing focus to your guitar playing sessions. You know, we are bombarded with distractions all day, every day. I want you to learn guitar online. Uh, obviously, Tony's Acoustic Challenge is an online program. There's a lot of amazing teachers online. But the problem with YouTube in general is that you're bombarded with recommended videos. You're probably bombarded with recommended videos right now. And they're incredibly tempting, right? We're always looking for that new shiny thing. But as you sit down to play guitar, I wanna make sure that you're focusing on what you're learning. So if that means you have to take a YouTube video and make it full screen so you don't see any recommended videos, great. If that means you log into Tony's Acoustic Challenge, which is great because you're not gonna be bombarded by other recommendations, you have that wonderful solitary focus right there, awesome. If that means you have to print out tablature and close down your computer altogether, great. If that means you have to put your phone in airplane mode, awesome. Bottom line is try and limit your distractions as much as possible because every distraction pulls you away from your goal. Every distraction pulls you away from getting that much better during that particular playing session. So for 10 minutes, remain focused. After those 10 minutes, you can celebrate and indulge some of that distraction, but make sure that for a portion of your guitar playing time, 10 minutes, be focused, be as focused as you possibly can and reap the rewards because I promise you, if you bring focus to your guitar playing sessions, you will get better and you actually will get better a lot faster than you think. I cannot even begin to total the number of guitar players that have told me the following story. You know, I played guitar way back in high school and then life happened, I quit playing guitar and now 10, 20, 30 years later, I'm finally getting back into it again, and I absolutely love it. And the question I always have is, well, do you love it more now than you did back in high school? And the answer is usually yes. And TAC family member Johnny has this exact same story, but he was able to articulate why he's enjoying it now more than he ever has. He also shares an incredible tip about how to maintain your guitar routine. Let's go ahead and listen to Johnny's story, and then afterwards, I'll spell out a few things. When I, when I have my cup of coffee in the morning, I pick up my guitar, and it's keep me to bit. play every day, and it's easier for me to play seven days a week than it is for me to play six days a week, just because sure. I get that habit going, you know? Yeah, you kind of get locked into the rhythm, and it's just, uh, you know, yeah. away you go. Um, just curious, you know, you said, you played guitar in high school and then you kind of restarted when you when you retired what did the in-between time look like and was the guitar there at all was it kind of in the periphery or what what did that look like it was like a hole in my life that i just thought i i i played guitar in high school and my goal was to learn a certain number of songs and when i learned them i felt like i achieved it and i put it down and then uh later on in life, I, I, I 
just wanted to have the guitar part of my life and I wanted to listen to the strings every day. So it's a different goal and a different um, way of approaching my guitar journey that I think is, uh, I, I, I wish I would have known that back in high school, that it's not about achieving a goal, then you're done. It's more of a lifelong, you know, road. I mean, I first want to thank Johnny for taking the time out to chat with me about his guitar routine. Now I want to focus on two things that he alluded to during his little mini interview. The first of which is having an anchor moment for your guitar routine. See, a lot of times we write out a guitar routine or we try to follow a guitar routine and one of the essential things that is missing is an anchor moment. Something that you do every day without fail. And that anchor moment is what you attach your guitar playing habit to. So this could be pouring your morning cup of coffee. This could be finishing dinner, doing the dishes, and then playing guitar. This could be setting your keys on the table after work. That anchor moment is an unconscious indicator that, hey, now it's time to play guitar. That's the first thing that Johnny expressed. And for him, it's his morning coffee, and that is absolutely fantastic. What a great anchor moment. The second thing I wanna point out is Johnny's overall guitar journey. You know, he expressed there that he played guitar in high school. He, he learned some songs and it just kind of, well, plateaued from there. And then he said later on when he picked it up again, he's having more fun and he's truly enjoying it. He's enjoying the process of learning guitar. He's enjoying the process of playing guitar. And to me, that is the crucial element of why he will maintain his guitar playing habit. He will maintain his guitar routine from now until, well, forever, because he's actually enjoying it now. He's focused on the right thing. He's focused on the process. He's focused on having fun, sitting down with the guitar because, well, it's fulfilling and it makes him happy. And I think that's incredible because every guitar journey, yes, we set goals and we, we strive for things, but the fuel, that, that helps our guitar journey go is fun and fulfillment. And every time you sit down with a guitar, I want you to think, am I having fun? Am I enjoying this? Is this fulfilling and enriching my life? And I want you to say yes. I want you to, to reach for those things that make you feel like, you know what? This is awesome. I'm taking 10 minutes out of my day to play guitar. This is exactly what I needed. This is the soul food that I've always wanted. And again, I just wanna thank Johnny for sharing his story because I think it's important to not only feel the feelings of an awesome guitar journey, but see them played out in others' guitar journeys as well. It's a great dose of inspiration and we can always cherry pick little things that will work for our own guitar journeys. So again, Johnny, thank you so much. Have I got some acoustic news for you? Yes, indeed, it is time for acoustic news you can use, and I've got a healthy dose of it for you. First up is a post I found from Mule Resonator Guitars. It was a repost from Good Willie Guns and Guitars. And this account, this individual, engraves metal. And he just so happened to engrave the cover plate and tailpiece of a Mule Resonator. It's absolutely beautiful, elegant, elegant filigree work. And um, it is just eye catching and it, it's not over the top. It's a great accent and wow, um, beautiful work. Uh, beautiful work from the folks at Mule, beautiful work from Good Willie Guns and Guitars. Um, 
absolutely gorgeous. I just wanted to share it with you because, I don't know, maybe you might have a hankering to get uh, get a steel body resonator of yours engraved. And if you do, check out that account. Again, it's Good Willie Guns and Guitars. Next up, I've got an, uh, you know, two musical friends of mine settled a debate. And the debate you'll see in this video. Uh, JD and Kara from The Small Glories, a fantastic duo that you must, must listen to. Uh, you know, they've been on the road and they had a little bit of a debate about coffee. Uh, here's what they had to say. Why wait for an Americano when you can just have drip coffee? Whereas I say, why have drip coffee when you can have an Americano? But like in the morning, it's like, let's go. like. Hurry up. You could just pour it into my cup. No, you gotta go through this whole thing and stamping it and tamping it. Blowing in it. Blowing on it. I have to tell you, I side with JD on this one. Drip coffee. Get it in my cup so I can fuel myself for the day. Sorry, Kara, I just don't have time to wait for an Americano. Anyways, uh, let me know in the comments below. Are you willing to wait for an Americano or do you just want it in your cup, a la drip coffee? And speaking of coffee, I gotta have a, I, I have to express, I have to give a shout out to TAC family member, Steve P. Uh, because Steve P sent me some coffee from his roastery. Roastery, roasting shop, coffee shop, not sure what you call it, but the coffee is damn good. Uh, it's Dolio Coffee, D-O-G, L-I-O, and uh, we've got the, the medium dark roast and the Como dark roast. Uh, it, it's, it's absolutely awesome. Again, it's Dolio Coffee, D-O-G-L-I-O. Um, Steve is from Massachusetts, and uh, this was great. This was just a great package to get in the mail. So thank you so much, Steve. If you happen to be on the East Coast, check him out. Again, that's Dolio Coffee, D-O-G-L-I-O. This is not a sponsor. Uh, he just is a kind TAC family member who sent me some coffee because he knows I love coffee. And funny enough, coffee is Steve's anchor moment for playing his guitar. He gets up for work early because, well, he roasts coffee beans and the people are waiting for their coffee. And prior to going in to roast those beans, he sits down and plays guitar for at least 10 minutes. Pretty awesome stuff, so thanks again, Steve. Next up on the news list is a cover of a song that is a cover of a song that is probably a cover of a song. Remember how I mentioned Tony Rice's Church Street Blues album? Well, Church Street Blues is one of my favorite songs off of that. Originally written by Norman Blake, performed by Tony Rice, and here is a new version. Uh, Carter Vintage Guitars recorded this version with Dan Tominski and Gravy Dobro uh, covering this tune on a 36 Martin D28 and a Kleinsmith Weisenborn. Let's take a listen to just a little piece of it. Um, Dan's voice is amazing. The playing on here is incredible. And, well, it's an incredible song as well. Let's have a listen. Well, I gave me a nickel to the poor, my good turn for the day. I folded up my old bill, folded it far away. Myself a rocking chair to see if I could lose these thin down hard time I have on church street Now let's help one of our musical friends celebrate a new guitar day. 
Eric Skye. That name may ring a bell because number one, he's an amazing player on the West Coast. And number two, I mentioned his signature guitar when I talked about my favorite Santa Cruz guitars ever to be made. His signature model is the Double O Sky, and he just got a new one with a different wood combination. Here's what he has to say. My dear friends at the Santa Cruz Guitar Company have made me an 18 style Double O Sky, and I couldn't possibly be more excited. As this flat picking phase of mine persists, I wanted something that maybe leaned just a little more in that direction. I've always loved the mid-1920s Martin 0018s with their mahogany bodies, understated appointments, coupled with a 12-fret body. It makes for the ultimate little flat-picking couch cannon. This little guy is the same dimensions, bracing Adirondack top, 24.9-inch scale, etc., as the original recipe 00 Sky, but with feather-light, old-growth mahogany back and sides, salvaged by Richard from an antique table. Simple 18-style trim, mahogany binding, and a few tweaks to the neck, namely a one and three quarter inch nut width instead of one and 13 sixteenths. As I'm typically playing less complex chords in fiddle tunes, and frankly, it feels good to my aging hands. And it's a one sixteenth inch, it's a one sixteenth of an inch wider at the saddle with two and five sixteenth inch spacing because I play a little cleaner with more space these days. Big love to Richard, Carolyn, and everyone at the Santa Cruz Guitar Company. You're the best. Congratulations on the new guitar and um, just awesome. I love to see you flat picking, Eric, because you're, well, you're damn good at it and it's just fun to get ideas from you. Um, if you haven't checked out Eric's YouTube channel, please do so. There's some absolutely beautiful compositions on there and um, it's music that will make your heart sing. That is for sure. Uh, next up, I've got... Um, I've got a custom fretboard from the folks at Martin. This dropped my jaw because... Um, it's really well done. It's it's for a custom guitar, and uh, it's kind of wildlifey. It's got some birds, a uh, little I don't know if you call them lotus flowers, lily pads. Not sure, but it's done pretty darn amazingly well. Uh, they got the effect of the water on there. It's just beautiful. I wanted to show it to you because well, I thought it was cool. And lastly, the last piece of news I have for you is a pro hockey player playing guitar on the bench during playoffs. Now you might think that this is absolutely preposterous, but Ryan O'Reilly of the St. Louis Blues was playing guitar on his stick and it was captured on video. Here it is. And on that note, I think it's a great time to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show for today. But first, let's go ahead and take a sneak peek into next week. Next week, I'll be talking about what I think are the best resonator guitars ever to be made, period. And this list runs the gamut of prices. So I've got something for everybody. That's happening next week on the Acoustic Tuesday show. Remember, you can catch Acoustic Tuesday every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time right here on YouTube. I wanna thank you for joining me today. And I do wanna remind you of one thing. Your guitar success, however you define it, directly relates to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day that you play. Thanks again for joining me today. Thank you for being a guitar geek and I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Guitar geeks unite.